0: You're listening to Where We Are, a weekend conversation on faith, politics, family, and culture hosted by me, Michael Ware, and my wife, Melissa. We bring our wide-ranging experiences in politics, ministry, and nonprofit life to bear as we discuss the issues of the day. On this week's episode, we'll be talking with Michael and Lauren McAfee, the authors of a new book, Beyond Our Control, Let Go of Unmet Expectations, Overcome Anxiety, and discover intimacy with God. Really glad to bring this conversation to you. You're listening to Where We Are. are are You're listening to Where We Are. We are the where's. I'm Michael. I'm Melissa. And Melissa have a it's great conversation weekend, to bring to folks today, but uh, yeah, we're we'll be airing this uh, again, obviously over the weekend, day. but right before the Center for Christianity and Public Life's uh, summit. So yeah. we'll be sort of uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be getting prepared for that. So we were able to have this conversation with Michael uh, and Lauren. Uh, earlier this week. Yeah. And really appreciate, really appreciate their work. But how are you doing, Melissa?
1: I'm doing all right. I'm very ready for this summit to begin.
0: Yeah, me too. I'm excited. We've been talking
1: about it, thinking about it. You've been working on it with your team.
0: Yeah, no, it's going to be great. So uh, uh, 35 speakers, 35 plus speakers, uh, going to be a lot of great folks on stage, a lot of great folks uh, in in the audience, um, I think it's going to be the start of of something special. You can still join. Uh, this will come out Sunday Sunday morning. So especially if you're in the DC area, would love to have you come out. But you could also bake, book a, a a late flight uh, if if you listen to the pod or train uh, right when it comes out. Or train,
1: planes, trains, automobiles.
0: Yeah, sailboat, sailboat. <laughs> uh, and you could learn more at ccpubliclife.org. All right, Melissa, what do you say we, we get to the interview?
1: Let's jump into it.
0: All right. So uh, uh, Michael and Lauren McAfee, they've uh, known each other since they were, I think, sh- seven. seven. Uh, same church. They uh, uh, got married at about the same time we did. Yep. Uh and they are uh, pursuing their Ph.D. Uh, at Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. Uh, Michael is the president and founder of Inspire Experiences. Uh, Lauren is the founder and visionary of Stand for Life. They have a book that is uh, quite personal, but I think with uh, some, uh, I think folks will will see themselves in in their book Beyond Our Control, and that's what we talk with them about in this conversation. Anything you'd add, Melissa? Yeah,
1: this book is about grief. It's about letting go of control, especially when you are going through trials of suffering, how to deal with things when, you know, bad things happen or when you're anxious, especially. And I really grabbed onto that for our listeners. You know, this is a news and politics and faith show, so this book, I think if you listen to this conversation, if you wanna go out and buy it, it will help you when the news gets to be too much, when the news makes you feel anxious, this could be a book that helps you.
0: Yeah. No, great. So hope you enjoy this conversation with Michael and Lauren McAfee. Lauren, Michael, welcome to where we are.
2: Hey, thanks for having, thanks us. For having us. We're glad to be here.
0: It is it is so good to be with you. It's having, great. looking forward to this uh to this conversation about your new book, which will come out this uh, this week, uh, yes. Beyond, Our, uh, Beyond Our Control, The Let Go of Unmet Expectations, Overcome Anxiety, and Discover Intimacy with God. Um, before we get to the book, would love to just hear a bit from both of you uh, about uh, your 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 background sort of sort of uh, in, introduce yourselves to to our our listeners though I'm sure many of them know you already yeah
2: yeah well so Michael and I have really grown up together we met when we were seven years yeah. old and so we have uh, known each other forever and then we started dating in high school and so we were high school sweethearts and got married in college so we we've both Kind of have lived in Oklahoma all of our lives, and I, yeah, I work at the Hobby Lobby corporate office and get to work in the ministry investment department, and that's a lot of fun. And then I've also founded a nonprofit called uh, Stand for Life, where we deal with human dignity issues, the Imago Day, and equipping the church to um, care well for women facing unplanned pregnancies and caring about children in the womb. Um, So that is a bit about like high level of what I do. Yeah, Yeah.
3: I I went the um, ministry route. And so that was always kind of the plan. And so that took me to the local church ministry and then uh, took me from there to Museum of the Bible where I worked for seven years. And Lauren as well was the first employee at the museum. And so we got to work together (laughs) on that project. So we've been together on a lot. We had the same uh, major and minor in college, the same uh uh phd um cohort that we're in together and so we've always just kind of done things together and so now um working for a nonprofit called inspire and we help take people on uh immersive experiences to help inspire them to read the inspired word of god so um so we go to dc for a lot of those but yeah we've uh Happily married, and we get to go to DC a lot, but we pay our taxes in Oklahoma City, so we're happy to be. Here. <laughs> no,
0: that's awesome. Can you just because I was so excited when I heard that both of you were pursuing your PhD? Can you just share a bit about about your program and what that looks like? Yeah,
2: yeah. So we we are both in the PhD program at Southern Seminary doing ethics and public policy. So we are uh, we finished coursework, and we this summer passed our comprehensive exams so we're very grateful with those and so now it's on to a dissertation which is right. no no minor thing but that's all we have left for the phd program it's <laughs> a
1: little,
2: so small thing you yeah, yeah. just a little thing <laughs> no
0: it's um i mean we could have a whole conversation just about what it's like to have known your spouse for as long as uh, you have and as, as we have and uh what it's like for so much of your lives to overlap uh yeah. and maybe we'll get into a bit of that as we as we talk about as we talk about uh this book and just so yeah, you're aware yeah.
1: michael and i are high school sweethearts high well. school sweethearts
0: <laughs> knew each other in middle school <laughs> yeah we ran a consulting firm together we do oh a God. podcast together i don't know if you've heard Hi. but yeah we yeah. did
1: oh, right. no what's it called call? <laughs> I do love the actual state of Oklahoma. My aunt lived there my my whole life, and oh, I do nice. love the musical Oklahoma. So wow,
0: the overlap is just All incredible. All the checking of
1: the boxes. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: why don't? Why did you write this yeah. book? Uh, what 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 need uh, does it meet for you? Like, out of what need did you write it, and what need uh, do you hope it will meet among your readers?
3: yeah well we um you know we we have the privilege of of being a part of of organizations that serve churches and people kind of from all over um but our anchor is really our home church and so we we met at our home church when we were seven we're still there i'm still on the teaching team there you know it's it's very much um that's where our community is that's where our family is and so um so really i mean i for me a lot of it just came out of of my pastoral heart and thinking about our own kind of local church of of as we uh, both as what i would want to teach as we were processing the experiences that we had but also um to honor um our church council road um was instrumental in walking through uh with us through um a period of, of trial and hardship uh, that um that you see in this book so so that's kind of like for me i mean i, I hope it would impact anyone but i know for for us i can't imagine going through some of the the challenges that we went through and really um even more than that having the a church uh, a faithful church that helped to instill in us a theology um a framework of who god is that um that really worked itself out so that when the bottom dropped out um we by god's grace ran to him not from him and that i also Um, kind of recognized in myself this belief in the prosperity gospel that I was blind to. I mean, I've preached against the prosperity gospel and yet was realizing that kind of in our story of every, you know, in a lot of ways, everything in career and in relationships and things Mm -hmm. like you have a a dash of optimism and hard work and diligence and you can accomplish it. And so uh, just Mm -hmm. blindly expected that that would happen Mm -hmm. across all sectors of my life. And when it didn't, um, it kind of, of sent me Uh, Kind of going now what's going on here and realizing, oh, there's so much more that's beyond my control than I was willing to admit or was blind to and expected God to act in a way that would just kind of always uh, lead to a successful outcome in whatever I endeavored in. So,
2: yeah, so I think the hope uh, and really the why of the book was. We went through some really challenging circumstances, um, really for us, that was centered around kids. we Mm -hmm. Fertility and then uh, a really long wait for an adoption. And then our daughter, she was uh, in our family for a month and a half, adopted from China. And then she was diagnosed with cancer. And just kind of all of these things that were totally out of our control that we had, like Michael said, a great church that we had to fall back on that gave us some theological grounding in the midst of a really – Shaking season for us, just in terms yeah, of yeah. Of how we walk through these pain points, that we we wanted to write this book to help provide some of that same comfort and um, allow people to feel like they're not alone when they walk through yeah. those hard moments and have those theological questions where they're questioning everything because things aren't what they expected in life. And you know if people aren't engaged in a church or don't have the same kind of community, I hope this book will be a comfort. Um, and a a path forward for them to see hope and to see Christ. Um, Mm -hmm. As well as, you know, I do pray that people would have the same kind of church community that we had um, to just kind of give that, that perspective, that Bible perspective that we constantly needed poured into us when we were in those challenging and dark seasons.
1: Yeah, that's really good. Uh, I devoured the book this, this weekend. It was very good. And for those who are listening, I think so many people re- will relate to it and see exactly your intentions, what you just said, and I think it's so interesting to me that you're talking about the rootedness of being in the same church since you were seven and joining the leadership team, and relating that to my experience. I was a nominal Christian growing up. It wasn't until I was a teen that I actually, um, you know, uh, accepted, you know, Jesus into my heart, that sort of thing, and not having that rootedness and then going through some, you know, terrible trials, you know, as an adult, as a married couple and things like that. Oh man, I think about that rootedness and how much I would love to have it and it's just such a good reminder of what a church family can do for you and what settling yourself down into a church can do for you when you are in the midst of a trial because in the book as you as you get through Uh, very quickly is that suffering will come as a Christian that it it is to be expected. But one of the, this, this also brings up a really good question as well that I, that we had for you when, when we were going, when we were reading and going through the book is what did you learn about your relationship with Jesus as you've gone through your ongoing trials and grief? What was it like to learn about these assumptions that you have had about God, how God worked and what you were entitled to? yeah
2: i I think you know it's I don't want to say the cliche of like you know good comes out of all the hard things and mm-hmm. all that i mean I, I I do believe that there is a lot that can come from the hardships and the the suffering and the dark seasons and so certainly one of those though if I am gonna go with that, that cliche is that i I knew that I believed in God and I knew I had a relationship with christ and I read the Bible and I was engaged in church. But up until my kind of late 20s had had a really, I would say, easy, you know, not pain free, but easy life. And I hadn't really had my theology tested in a way that made me uh, really have to dive deep into, do I really believe this? Yeah. Yeah. Those pain points. And then, you know, when you're facing you know, my one and a half year old walking through cancer. You know, yeah. I have a, waited seven years to have a daughter, and I was seven weeks into having this longing of my heart fulfilled, mm-hmm. and then a cancer diagnosis. And you're sitting in a hospital watching this baby, my baby, fighting cancer, fighting for her life, and that can't that that can't help but cause you to really think deeply about everything you believe in. Yes, yes. and and so certainly walking through that for me has solidified what i i said i believed in a way that i feel that i you know deeper in my soul i feel like uh, yeah so that is a gift i think that has come from walking through the the pain points and you know our daughter did go into remission so praise god she's doing amazing now um but you know, if you if you read the book, you'll hear that we had other pain points that didn't turn out so positive. Wow yeah. and did yeah. end with real loss. And so um again, it was it was it was an opportunity for me to grow my intimacy with the Lord in a way that couldn't have happened had I not gone through the the dark seasons. So yeah. uh, certainly, you know, good can come from the bad things and, and that's that's one of them.
3: Yeah, I, I think in terms of what I learned about um, my relationship with Christ is I didn't realize what I kind of alluded to in the the last question. I didn't realize how much that I was assuming sort of Jesus's existence or God's existence was to help me have it. Like I, I thought I set limits in my mind of what he would allow me to go through. And so what I mean by that is Whenever we were going down the path of trying to have kids and so like we first started pursuing adoption before we started trying to have kids biologically and those doors were shutting and so then we said, okay well that's hard but let's go ahead and just start biologically and so then we started doing that and that started not happening and uh, all the while like our friends who we got married in college and so we got married long before most of our friends did. (laughs) <laughs> and so then mm-hmm. they start to catch up, they get married and then um, they start having kids and we're not, we're all of a sudden falling behind, so to speak, in that. Mm. And so then mm. when we finally get to Zion, our daughter, um, and we have her and then she has it uh, has this cancer diagnosis, I just remember thinking to myself, you know, praying that, Lord, like we've done our part. <laughs> we, right, we, right. We, yeah. so- be the waiting bit our suffering was the piece where we didn't have kids quickly and naturally like our most of our friends did so what what gives and so um anyway so that's what i mean by just believing the prosperity gospel of like okay like we sort of did our time and and right. you know now that suffering is checked and we can move on and have this happy ending and while like lauren said while zion did end up coming around and having um uh a a a happy ending, at least thus far, we pray it continues that, um, with our, our, uh, failed adoption, Ezra, that was not the case. And so, yeah, so that, that was something that just, uh, exposed in myself a way that I was looking to Jesus as a means of, of making my life what I wanted it to be versus laying down my life that I might find it in him.
0: Mm-hmm. So I'm so, um, so often when God is not sort of meet our expectations even if those expectations aren't based on sort of god's promises uh we 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 blame god and it's just like a it's just a thing um uh so many people turn away from god because he wasn't the god that they thought he was and and you had a different you had a of course, over the, and there was a time, a trajectory, the story isn't sort of clean and linear and sort of all that, but both for yourselves, but also as a pastor and Lauren, I just know your heart and what a, what a pastoral soul you have and, and your your care for, for people, um, how do people who maybe even now are wrestling with their life not being what they thought it would be what they thought god maybe maybe um what they were entitled to or or what what they 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 feel like they deserve uh, how do you keep from that turning into a a resentment towards towards god that um that 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 creates a distance,
2: yeah I think, so in the book, one of the chapters we have is specifically on grief. And Mm -hmm. I think walking through grief personally has given me so much empathy for those who are in their own ways, grieving things, whether it's, you know, things that are quote unquote small, like just expectations that you thought for your life that you're grieving that never happened or, you know, real, you know, big losses or relationships that were lost, people that we're lost, Um, you know, we're all going to have things that we have to grieve in life and walking through grief myself has given me so much more empathy for what people are dealing with um, in a way that, that I, I, I didn't have before. I think Mm. I I didn't necessarily Mm. have the same kind of compassion and care for others (laughs) um, Mm. until I walked through something so painful that it just opened my eyes to the brokenness of the world. And, and also as an adoptive parent, we going through adoptions and walking alongside birth moms and hearing the real hardships that, and walking like side by side with, with women through pain points and, and just really difficult circumstances has given me so much compassion for people. So whenever, whenever people are in those moments of, of the hardship and the questioning i just want to love people well and say like it's okay like it's okay to it's okay to have doubts it's okay to have uh anger towards god i mean god is a god that can handle us coming to him with our honesty and mm-hmm. and i hope that the church you know capital c church will be a place that is a compassionate place where we can walk through our griefs together um and and Know that God himself uh, understands, you know, Jesus himself grieved. Mm. You know, we see passages in the New Testament where Jesus wept, of course, with um, Lazarus and Lazarus and his death. um, And know that we have a God that can relate to us in in the pain and in the suffering. And Christ himself went through the most gruesome suffering in his death on a cross. And so God loves us so much that he gave up his son um, and his son went through such suffering for the sake of us having a way to have access to God and have our forgiven. And so praise God for the good news of the gospel. Um, But the gospel is of course wrapped up in the, the beauty of these, the pain that Christ had to go through for our sake. And so whenever we go through pain, Um, that is a way that we, I think, can image Christ all the more, because as Mm -hmm. we go through suffering, Christ, who we are to reflect Mm -hmm. in the world, went through suffering. And so that is an opportunity for us to, yes, process through our own expectations and, and, and hopefully look to truth in the scripture to know, okay, why were these my expectations? Why did I think I deserved X, Y, or Z Z in the world? and to kind of take the bigger perspective and say, like, hey, you know, what might God be doing in in kind of the bigger picture for eternity? That as I walk this trial and and I and I seek to glorify God through it, how might He be able to shape me to be more like Christ and ultimately um, give more glory to God throughout that? So I think it's hard to get out of that. You know, in the midst of that darkness and and to take that bigger picture perspective yeah. but as as I in my grieving process could slowly come to take the bigger picture perspective and really think okay god is the one who has you know, he, he knows the end of the uh, of of what this might look like and he knows what his plan is and he has you know his good plans and i don't know and so my job is to be faithful to him and to try and glorify mm-hmm. him through this um, and in how I point to Christ. So I think that can be an encouragement for people to, to know that there is purpose in what you're going through. And even if we don't get to see what that purpose is, this side of heaven, we can trust that God knows. And, and so we can find peace in trusting him with that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I am. Um, I've been so interested to see, um, it seems like there has been uh, a number of books, including yours, and you all cite uh, uh, the Ortland book, "Gentle and Lonely," uh, "Gentle and Lowly quite a bit. I love that book, especially. I, I think just the first third of that book is just like classic, sort of yeah. um, classic, sort of material. Um, there seems to be an increasing attentiveness to sort of. The tenderness of God, and I'd love, I'd love to hear, like, why you think that, like, what is it about this this moment in our culture that 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 that, and in in the life of the church, that that is the case? P- Parker Palmer has this quote. He says that we have a a politics full of broken-hearted people, which I think is such. Um, it takes such gospel vision to look out at our politics and for that to be what you see. Um, But I think it's, I think it's a hundred percent true. So yeah, what what do you think, what do you think it is about this, this, this moment that there seems to be a renewed uh, uh, attentiveness to the tenderness and gentleness of, of our Lord? Yeah.
3: Oh man, I, I, I completely agree. I mean, I think, you know, given that Part of our focus and, and work in our studies is on the public square. And, mm-hmm. you yeah. so know, even beyond um, just, you know, formal political discussions. I mean,
2: yeah.
3: in you, you don't have to search long on Twitter or X or whatever we're calling it these days <laughs> to see that <laughs> yeah. any, any discussion, if you want to be heard, you have to scream. I mean, yeah. you have to have vitriol in order to get mm-hmm. attention. On either side and so it's we're we're in a broken world it's a very broken system it's a broken moment and so i think out of that there is such a a longing for a a quiet confident tenderness that the lord offers and so you know i mean that's why like you know in in the book itself it was like that was the um for us the aha moment of you know like we don't get the answers to our suffering this book isn't meant to be that by any means but yeah. the um the the encouragement for for us and the, and I'll speak for myself the encouragement for me was realizing that god would like cause with Ezra with our son that we weren't able to adopt it was like i remember trying to comfort myself by saying well why would god like when we were in the moment and uh there was a point where we we knew that it was in question and it was like, well, why would God bring this child into our life, have us love him and treat him as our own son for nine months um, only for now, for there to be a question at the 12 month mark after the 12 month, yeah, yeah, yeah. whether or not he would leave. Like, that doesn't make sense. Like he's going to hear the gospel in our home. He's going to grow, you know, like all these things you can mm-hmm. kind of park yourself in, which I did. And so then when we're, we're forced, you know, in some really unprecedented circumstances to suddenly say, goodbye to him, um, realizing that God's heart in that was that we would be drawn into a closer relationship with him. And so what we mm-hmm. used to say when we were walking the road of infertility and awaiting an adoption that should have, you know, initially should have taken three years and then kept being extended. and Eventually we were matched after nearly seven years. It was like we, one of our mantras was, okay, this is really hard if we never get to the joy of being parents i would rather have jesus than have a house full of kids you know and yeah. so yeah and so recognizing that that same thing is true that romans 8 28 that god works all things yeah. together for the good of those yeah. who love him and are called um is not only true in the good times it's all the more true it's especially true in the periods of struggle that god takes us through that to draw us closer to himself and that god himself did not spare even his own son but gave him us gave him up yes. for us all and so if god is going to take away the son that you know um the boy that i i you know got to be his father for a year but he'll be feel like my son forever if he's going to do that for me he's not sparing even himself from that own pain and so um that's it's that charles spurgeon hand of, of god is too kind to be unjust yeah. it's too wise to be mistaken and so if we cannot trace the, his hand and what he's doing, we must learn to trust his heart. So that's what I think is, as I look at conversations happening and just the the hot takes that kind of dominate public conversation, I see a longing for that, um, that, that tenderness of the Lord that would draw us closer to him and even work the worst things in our life for the best and deepest relationship that we can have in him.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, Continuing along these lines here, because we we have listeners, we have people who are very invested in what is going on in the world. And obviously the world right now is, th- th- there's a lot, um, yeah. just domestic politics wise, internationally, obviously in Israel, um, all kinds of things going on. And we always have listeners who are coming to us going, how do we handle all of this, especially when you're dealing with stuff that's um very emotional for a lot of people that runs deep um, that runs deep with who they um who they believe themselves to be those types of things and how does your book and this this gets to a point that we see a lot of people in terms of how they react to, to when big moments in politics or a public life happens so how does your book guide readers in overcoming tendencies to catastrophize and instead focus on God's faithfulness and provision
2: yeah so i mean the title of our book beyond our control uh was really born out of not only our personal life circumstances at the time but we started writing this book right before COVID started and it only solidified Mm -hmm. that this was a topic we wanted to cover is because the control issue i think we were we were in a moment where we were feeling completely out of control in circumstances personal circumstances and then it, all it was, the entire world was yeah. living in this reality where we have no control and, and, and no one predicted this. And so it was like, okay. And the, the emotion, uh, psychologist, Dr. John Townsend says, the emotion most closely related with control is anxiety. Yes. So the more we want control, the more we're going to feel and, and like grasp at control, the more anxious we're going to feel because we, re- we know deep down, we really don't have the ability to control things in the way that we wish we could. And yes. so, so much of this book is uh, helping people navigate, okay, what, what are the ways that you're grasping for control and letting go of that and, and as a way of you know, not, not continuing to have this ongoing anxiety of, of the realization of our lack of control. So I think for this moment in our world similarly to just how it's been the past couple of years with COVID and all of these things happening around the world i think people are feeling the anxiety of wow things things are really out of control so for believers we have the the amazing hope of trusting in the god who has control over everything like god is the god who is in control of all things and providentially Mm -hmm. he is working through all things for his glory and so Mm -hmm. as we as we rest Mm -hmm. in that truth it lowers the anxiety and helps us have a looser grasp on the control we wish we could have Mm -hmm. because we can know okay i can trust god and he's got it so i hope that that will be an encouragement from this book that Mm -hmm. you know it that people that are looking at things in the world happening in this current cultural moment will find some hope and some peace yeah
3: yeah just Real quick to, to piggyback on that. I mean, the, the theme of God's providence is obviously there's a big piece of what we're wanting readers to walk away with. And one of the ways we kind of, I hope, frame it and help people understand is like we it's easy for us in the in the church, in the Christian community, to point to God's providence in say our, the story with our daughter. Like, here's a girl who like it took us forever to adopt her. We adopt this one and a half-year-old, we bring her back, and they incidentally found this tumor that was in on her liver and they're able to remove it while it's stage 1 and this happens before covid and so she's from china and so we get to get her before China. and all these things where yep. it's like you look yes. at say wow look at how god was providentially at work but the same god that was providentially at work saving her life is the same god that was providentially at work taking us through this this tragic you know in our life a tragic um uh experience of like feeling the the loss the, the saying goodbye to to a son that we thought was going to be a part of our family forever. And so, um, so we know yeah. if we end the book with the eye towards the eternal, we know as Christians, how the story ends. And so when it comes to current events today, we can trust that that, that God is working all things together. And that one day when we get to the end, it'll all make sense in light of eternity. But until then we see through a glass dimly.
0: Yeah. And what, <laughs> right, like what an incredible gift, uh, that would be uh, to offer to our public uh, that instead of our 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 public life and our politics being a stage on which we sort of cast all of these sort of unprocessed anxieties and um, uh, that that um, that that, um, that that we might. Uh, be the kind of people who were less um, uh, uh, who didn't go to politics to process our anxieties uh, that we took our anxieties to, to to the Lord and were freed up to uh, to um, uh, uh, freed up to go to politics and our public life for other, other purposes. Um, I, I think, where, I mean, that's, it's a, bo- both of your final comments are a great place to end the interview, but, but would love to just invite you if there's, if there's anything that you, you haven't been able to touch on, uh, and, and with that sort of, you know, how, how our listeners could stay in touch with you and follow your work, I uh, would love to give you an opportunity to, to
3: do that. Hmm. No. no, thanks. I, no, that, um. We really appreciate it. We'd love if the book's a service, um, we'd love to know about it. So you can, yeah, let us know on social media and love to pray for anyone, especially, I mean, regardless of what uh, I, the story of infertility and adoption is kind of the way it worked out for us. But the whole idea of writing it was that it could be business. It could be other relationships. It could be a host of things that people go through that they realize they'd have a lack of control and they wrestle with it. And so we'd love to, Pray for anyone that's walking that, and connect with them. Yeah. So, yeah, we appreciate the opportunity to come on and
2: share. You know, share first, what, what first a
3: year. yeah, what a blessing it's
0: been for us just to hear, uh, to to read your book, to hear from the two of you in this conversation. We're sure it'll it'll bless others who are listening. Melissa, any any final thoughts you want to share?
1: I don't have any final <laughs> thoughts. Oh, it was. No, it's so great to talk to you both.
0: Yeah. Great to talk to you both. Thanks yeah. for being on where we are.
1: Thanks for having it's an us. Honor. Thanks
0: for reading it. Well, Melissa, I enjoyed that conversation with Lauren and Michael again. Their book is Beyond Our Control. Uh, comes out uh, in just a couple days, I think, right?
1: Yep, comes out November 7th, so we're just in time.
0: Uh, just in time. And so uh, that's all we have for this week's episode. We'll be back with you next weekend. Remember, we uh, there is a debate.
1: There's a Republican debate. We will have our Republican rankings, our monthly rankings of the Rebel- Republican primary. And our pasta rankings.
0: Yeah. (laughs) All right, friends. Talk to you next week.
1: Bye.
3: I still want to turn up. Yeah, I still want to turn up. All I want is to go.